Hey guys, this is the C3 Church Malmo podcast. I am believing God will speak to you today and that a greater level of faith will be unlocked in your life. For more information about C3 Church, go to c3malmo.se. God bless. Um, so again, welcome to C3 Church uh, Lunt. Wonderful to be in the house of the Lord. Thank you for everyone that's come through from Malmo and from the surrounding regions to be here with us today. It's awesome. feels a little bit strange standing over here. You, would you guys mind, can I, can I stand up? Not that I want to look, it's just kind of like doing this and um, yeah, I want to get a bit of a view. Sorry guys, I know we, we had planned to be at the bottom. Oh, this is better. All right, great. Um, so, so why do we do uh, pre-Easter? Why do we do pre-Easter? So it, it, it's, it's of course part of the Easter celebration, but we do primarily for practical reasons. So we, uh, we know that a lot of people go away during the Easter weekend. And so we said, you know, we want to make sure that we as a church have the opportunity to celebrate time together by doing a meal, as we do every single Sunday, maybe the last two years we haven't. Uh, but uh, it's great to be able to gather as a family and, uh, yeah, be in the presence of the Lord around Easter time celebrating one of the most significant events, and that pretty much defines our faith as Christians. And so it's wonderful to be here uh, today. And um, so we have a pre-Easter service. As mentioned, Saladea will be preaching on Easter Sunday in two weeks' time. So, yeah, for those of you in the house or in uh, Malmo, wherever you live, uh, yeah, let's make sure that we're supporting that as well too. All right, great. Um, So today I'm going to... I'm going to tell you about an event that took place in my life where I, I lost control, right? Totally lost control. And uh, kind of a strange way to, to start this pre-Easter service, but I'm going to tell you more about what that was about a little bit later. But first, we're going to celebrate some really good news, and that this message that I'm going to bring to you today is going to be one that is for those who are feeling discouraged, overwhelmed might be feeling like you're sick of life being out of control. You might find yourself facing a lot of anxiety, uncertainty of what lays ahead in your life. And so the title of my message today is, When Life Feels Out of Control. When Life Feels Out of Control. Let's take a moment to pray. Father, today we want to celebrate your son Jesus. We ask that the resurrection power available to us would conquer the fears that we have for all those, Lord, we feel like they're out of control, we may find blessings in the full surrender to your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, our Savior. You are our Lord. We pray this all right now in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. So welcome to church. So again, my name is Pastor Matthew Furry. Shake someone next to you and saying, get ready. This is going to be awesome. All right. Don't shake them off their seat. Please don't make, shake them off their desk. You know, a light shake. No, no aggressive shaking, please. So... Um, all right, great. Fantastic. It's kind of warm in here, so, you know, if you want to take off your... I'm not going to... I've got nothing else to take off, so... Um, but I might just pull up my, my sleeves over here. But, uh, yeah, so feel free to take off your jacket. Um, so I want, to, I want to start off today by talking about um, a little bit of what happened before the crucifixion. A little bit before the crucifixion. So out of the, uh, the Gospel of Matthew and, uh, and, and uh, chapter 26... Primarily, we're going to be speaking from, and uh, basically, as Justin was, was mentioning, there was a gathering of Jesus and his disciples around a table, 
They were having a meal together, and it was known as the Last Supper, as Justin said. So Jesus was there with his best friends and having a really good time. They were talking and chatting and so on, and there was a great um, uh, act of service that went. Jesus went around, washed everyone's feet, and, and uh, spoke to all of them. But it was as, as much as it was a great time that they were having around the table, uh, having fellowship, just like, you know, connect groups like we do today, it was also a very agonizing time for Jesus. You know, for 33 years, Jesus was faithfully serving God's mission for his life, following God's every instruction over his life. And he, he knew in the hours to come that there was going to be quite a significant event taking place in his life. Something so drastic that he was agonized by it. He's, he felt like this well of, of pain welling up inside of him. And also emotional because he knew one of the best friends standing around, or sitting in the room as well too was going to betray him. And so Jesus, Jesus was there handing out the bread. And he said, this is, this is my, my body which will be broken for you. And then he also passed the cup as well too of, of wine. And he said, this is, uh, this is the this is the blood that represents um, what I will be shedding for you later on. And so, of course, communion is uh, something that we do to remember what Jesus did for us on the cross 2,000 years ago, and as we've just taken. And we're going to bring more of that coming into church as well, too, going forward at least once a month, just to remember what Christ has done for us on the cross. So after that, after that meal, they were spending some time together, and they, some of them uh, went with, some of the disciples went with Jesus to the Garden of Gethsemane. So the Garden of Gethsemane is known as, uh, and it means the crushing. And so he asked some of his closest friends uh, to, to start praying, to pray with him, uh, to, to be praying for him. And so Jesus went away, went to go spend a bit of intimate time with his father, with his father, and he, he needed to do so. And so out of Matthew 26, verses 38, he said, My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Now, I don't know if anyone over here has, has ever felt that your, any situation that you may have been in where your soul is completely overwhelmed to the point of death. Just, just think about that for a moment. Coming out of COVID, you know, we're just coming, ramping out of the, out of the pandemic now. Uh, we also have a, a war uh, at our European doorstep right now in the, in the country of Ukraine. You might say that my soul is overwhelmed with anxiety and uncertainty. And uh, just, just think about you know, the way that you felt during COVID. We in Sweden maybe didn't have as much of a, of a restriction and maybe didn't feel as much as what, what many other countries have felt. But try and feel like that, that sense of uncontrolled scenario in your heart and multiply that by like a thousand. Jesus was feeling like that. He was feeling like there, there was this overwhelming sense of sorrow in his heart to the point of death. To the point of death. And so the gospel, one of the other gospels writes as well, when Jesus was his, on his hands and his, and his feet, asking God, can you take this cup from him? There was, there was sweat and, and blood pouring from his head, so much so he was in this agonizing situation. Imagine how agonized he must feel knowing what lays before him because of, he is obedient. He's, he's the son of the, of the living God, Jesus. He's, obeying, he's obeyed his father for 33 years already. And so he prayed, my father, if at all possible, may this cup pass from me. What is this cup? It was the cup of suffering that was laying ahead for him. In just a few hours, Jesus was going to be whipped. He was going to be beaten. 
He was going to be nailed to the cross through his hands and his feet. Jesus was negotiating with God. God, please, if it's, if it's, if it's at all possible. He was sitting there negotiating. God, I, I know what's laying ahead of, I know what's laying ahead, but if at all possible, can you, can you remove this cup of suffering from me? He said, if it's all possible, yet not my will, but your will be done. There's two significant words in that passage that I'm going to be coming back to, and I want you to, to remember this. It's the word if and yet. If at all possible, Father, yet your will be done. Yet your will be done. So Jesus returned after the first occasion. He saw his disciples busy sleeping. And he said, guys, guys, come on, come on, wake up, wake up, come on. Can you not just stand with me for one hour and pray? Can, can, you, can you not sit and pray with me? Now, I'm going to be honest. I, um, <clears throat> you know, this is a confession moment over here, guys. I may have fallen asleep once or twice while praying. Just once or twice, maybe more. And, um, and I think it may have happened when you and I were praying, Christelle, together. And I, and I think it was, you know, and I, you know, it must have been her, her beautiful voice just lulling me to sleep. Or it must have been that she was praying these long prayers and I was just like, <laughs> and, and she'll probably argue that it's probably me that prays these long prayers. And uh, for those who know me, that, that, might be, that might be kind of the truth. So that, that's okay. You know, we're working on that. It's nothing wrong. It's very spiritual to pray long prayers, right? So, but uh, it was, um, yeah, so, so he, um, he told them, guys, you've got one job. One job to do, and I've asked you just to pray with me. Now, what's very interesting is that, you know, Jesus was able to raise people from the dead. He was able to heal them that were sick. He was able to calm the storm, but he wasn't able to control his disciples. Think about that. Think about that for a moment. I was like, come on. For those of you who are uh, fellow control freaks uh, with me, raise your hands. Who likes to be in control? Come on. Come on. Ah, there we go. There we go. Kitty, I see that hand. I see that hand. <laughs> we all like to be in control. Come on. Let's, you know, let's be, let's be honest. We, we love it, right? It's, we like to choose the clothing that we wear. We like to make sure the environment we're in is controlled and the kids mustn't make a noise and... We like to be in control. There's no, there's no, there's no fussing about it. We love to be in control. And so going through this pandemic for the last two years and, and with a, a war on our European doorstep, you know, it's, 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 very, it's a very frustrating or has been a very frustrating season, an unpredictable, uncertain season going forward. We don't know what we don't know in terms of what's going to be happening. Uh, just the other day, uh, Christelle got a letter in the post. Uh, she works for Rige Skorne, uh, the hospital. And uh, the letter said that um, because she works for the hospital, she is uh, considered as critical staff. So during a time of war, she is not allowed to leave. So I'm like, okay, maybe time to find another job. Uh, <laughs> So, and, and, you know, so when you read this, and, and, I, and I was like, oh, oh, they're sending out these type of letters. A lot of uh, Christelle's colleagues at work and a few of mine, you can request a letter from the government to, to know how to get prepared for war. Bottles of water, um, canned foods, electrical generators. And to further stir on my anxiety, 
I went to Biltima the other day, Biltima, and they had like electrical generators on sale as you come in. I'm like, all of these things just well up inside of you. Like, Lord, I, I, I feel like I'm, I'm out of control. I'm losing control. It feels like there's all of these events, these world events that's happening around us. It feels like I don't have control. Our Ukrainian friends are via as well too. They, they've, they've also been, life's been chosen for them. They had no choice over their scenario. And so I know a lot of us have, have gone through the season of, of COVID-19. Some of us may have lost some close friends or family, loved ones in our lives, or we may have lost a job or known of a lot of people that have lost jobs. And so besides the, the very real sense of grieving around these type of human losses, I think there's also and has been a sense of grieving in this time that we've gone through COVID-19. A grieving, a sense of not being in control. Having lost something or someone, one goes through a sense of grieving. We went through that in Sweden where we were restricted from going to the school. Uh, kids were going, they, they, they stayed at home for a couple of weeks. We weren't able to gather in movie theaters. We, ice hockey rinks were closed. Football stadiums were closed. Church was closed for a while. The church online. No longer did we have the choice to choose. It was chosen for us. Christelle and myself had the privilege to be able to see our parents in December. And Christelle's parents are here as well too. But I know Carol and Stefano's example. You haven't seen your parents for three years. And there's many of you here that are going through this grieving process of not having seen family for a long, long time. For a long time. And so we don't always have the power to control, but we always have the power to surrender. We don't always have the power to control, but we always have the power to surrender. What if, God, if I surrender and uh, over to you and you make me single for another five years? God, what if I surrender and you don't heal my migraines or my sicknesses or, or you don't make my marriage better? God, what, what if I surrender and I do all of these things and nothing, nothing realizes from it? I hope you understand that when it comes to God's will, God's will is rarely easy, but it's always good. God's will is rarely easy, but it's always good. And I'm going to justify why I say that in a moment. God's will is rarely easy, but it's always good. It may not feel good in the moment. I can tell you, I think I've been through that. Many of you have as well. Rarely easy, but it's always good. Jesus' mother as well, too, you, uh, you would have think that she, she had it great. She did. She did, actually, because, I mean, Jesus came to, or the angel appeared to her and said to you that you are going to have Jesus Christ, the Lord and the Savior of this world. You're going to have a son, and uh, you will call him Jesus. And she was like, okay, wow, all right. And so she surrendered in the same way that Jesus surrendered when he said, Lord, not yet not my will, but your will be done. And she said that made that be done unto me according to your word. And she was, she was pretty successful, right? She was a pretty successful in raising Jesus. I mean, my kids are far from perfect. But she, she raised the perfect child. Think about it. Like, I mean, think about it. I mean, like that child had, 
I mean, Jesus had no sin. He did nothing wrong. Try, parents, try, try and imagine that. Just think about that for a moment. Like your child doing nothing wrong. Like Jesus is like the sinless lamb. And I, wow. But what was her reward for all that hard work? What was her, what was her reward? She saw her son stripped naked, beaten with fists, whipped to the beyond the point of recognition. Beyond the point of recognition. For those who don't know, a cat of nine tails is a whip that's got long strips of, of leather on it, and there's bits of stone and bones and glass tied into these, these strips of, of leather. And so they would whip Jesus, and they would, as it, when they were pulled back, they would rip pieces of flesh out of him, so much so that I would imagine his organs were probably showing. The loss of blood would have been incredible. Also, Jesus had to carry his own cross up to, to the top of the hill. What did Jesus do to deserve that? Nothing. All that Jesus did was love the world. Love the world. It's all that he did. He showed them love. And uh, the interesting thing is that, you know, Jesus raised people from the dead. He healed, calmed the storm. But in that moment, Jesus could have taken control. Think about it. He could have called a, a legion of a thousand angels to come and just wipe these guys out. Thank goodness I'm not Jesus because I probably would have done that. I probably would have done it. I was like, no way. So I'm not going I'm I'm to do this. Thank goodness. Jesus could have done that. But he, 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 lay, he, he hung on that cross surrendering all that God asked him to surrender. He surrendered all of what he was. What did he do? He prayed. When he was on that cross, he prayed, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. He said, it is finished. I've done what you've sent me to do. And in the ultimate act of, sac of, of surrender, he said, Father, I commit my spirit unto you. And he passed over there. What happened next? The earth turned dark earthquake, the veil in the temple, and the temple split in two, and the disciples scattered. God's will is not always easy, but three days later, God showed that he is always good. God's will is not always easy, but three days later, he showed that he's always good. Can I hear an amen? Amen. So the, 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 uh, the ladies came to the tomb. And they, they, they were looking for Jesus, and there was an angel saying, who are you looking for? Whoever you are looking for is no longer here. He is risen. He is risen from the dead. God is good. He lives up to his promises. Jesus died on the cross so that you and I can have eternal life one day. That's the reason why he died, so that you and I can be in relationship with our Father, that you and I can be in relationship with our Father. Jesus stood in the gap so that you and I can be in relationship with the Father. The old is gone. Grace has come. The goodness of God has come. You can't do it by yourself, guys. It's not possible to save yourself. Only Jesus can do that. And when we lay our lives down in surrender to Jesus, will it be possible that we will be saved? That we will be saved. 
You don't always have the power to control, but you always have the power to surrender. You always have the power to surrender. Now, if you guys forget everything that I've said today, I want you guys to think about this question that I'm about to ask you. So the question is, what are you trying to control that God wants you to surrender? What are you trying to control? I want you guys to sit there right now and just reflect upon this question. What are you trying to control that God wants you to surrender? It might be a relationship that you're in. It might be your health or the health of a, of a, of a, of a loved one. It might be your finances. It might be your job. It might be your bank account. It might be your future. God, what's going to happen? I have no idea what's going to happen. God, where, where am I going? What, what's, what, what, are, what are my next steps? What, what are you trying to control that you should be surrendering? Might be your kids. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm right up there. I need to surrender the kids on a daily basis to the Lord. There's no such thing, guys, as, um, as partial surrender. There's no such thing as partial surrender. Father, I'll trust you with my finances but I don't know, I've, I've got my kids, don't worry, don't worry, God, I've, I've got this one. Father, I'll trust you with my job, but, but my marriage, I've got it. We go on date nights, don't worry, God, I've got this one, I buy her flowers, I buy her gifts, don't worry, I've, I've got this one, don't worry, don't need to surrender, no need, nothing. Christelle, is that right? Yeah? Yeah? So no, guys, there's no partial surrender. It's all or nothing. It's all or nothing. And the key is found in these two words that I mentioned in the beginning. Matthew 26, verses 39. My father, Jesus was saying, if it is at all possible, may this cup be taken from me, yet not my will, but your will be done. If and yet is where real faith starts. Between if and yet is where real faith starts. When you surrender your life over to Jesus, that is when real faith starts. Believing in that Christ will direct your future, be a lamp unto your feet, be a part of your marriage, be a part of your children's future. That, I believe, is where real faith starts. Father, if, if, don't, if you, you know, if, 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 but no, yet your will be done. Your will be done. Your will be done. God, if you let me marry that cute guy or cute girl in our connect group, I will. Father, if you heal me, Father, if you let me get that job or keep my job. You don't always have the power to control, guys, but you always have the power to surrender. Now, I know it's not easy. We live in a culture that dictates or necessitates or lures or entices you into a world of you take control, you take charge. You take, no, no, you, 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 you take charge. Don't, don't, don't. no, Christianity is a crutch, the world will say. No, 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 you don't need that. You don't need God. You, you take control. You're the master of your own destiny, is what the world will say. They will try and 
tell you this. But I'm so inspired by the book of Matthew verses, uh, 10, verses 39. It says, if you cling to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for me, you will find it. If you cling to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for me, you will find it. In other words, to really follow Jesus is to surrender control. To really follow Jesus is to surrender control. Many of us have been walking a, a journey of Christianity in our lives. We call ourselves Christians, but there, there, there's, there's some aspects in our lives that we haven't let go of in totally fully giving over to Christ. Might again be your finances, your relationships, your job, your children, your marriage, whatever it is, give it over to Lord. Give it over to Him. I just want to invite the band up at this point. I want to tell you about where I totally lost control. This point, I want to tell you about how I totally lost control. So 2013, many of us, many of you were with us at that time. It was a, um, it was a, a bittersweet year for Christelle and myself. It was a bittersweet year. Christelle was uh, pregnant with, with twins, two twin daughters uh, in 2013. And we, we were super excited with the prospect of becoming first-time parents to these, to these twins. But at uh, 21 weeks of pregnancy, we woke up to a, a reality that no parent should wake up to. We woke up to a reality that no parent should wake up to. Christelle contracted an infection at uh, 21 weeks. Her water broke prematurely. We went to the hospital. We rushed off, and um, we were there for, for four weeks. Four weeks we were in the hospital uh, with these twin daughters moving around in Christelle's belly with barely any water left. At uh, 23 weeks, um, four weeks later, um, our first daughter, Michaela, was born. Uh, she was born stillborn, so she, she wasn't living when she, uh, when she was born. Uh, Michaela, our second daughter, was born shortly afterwards, and she, she was beautiful. She lived with us. She was with us for 16 days. She was in an incubator, and, um, and then she passed on to, to be with our Heavenly Father. And in those four weeks, when I was in the hospital with Christelle, I lost control. I had no control over the situation that I was in. I had no ability to be able to affect my situation. I had no, I had no ability to, to do anything other than hold Christelle's hand, pray with her on a daily basis. My daily prayer was, Father, if at all possible, could you save our daughters Yet let your will be done. I had to surrender. I had to surrender my life to Christ at that point. Did I try and take control of the situation? You bet I did. For those who know me, I was telling the doctors of what they should be doing. <laughs> but they, they thought I was crazy. That, that didn't go down so well, I can tell you that. I quickly learned that um, <laughs> you can't take control, Matthew. You've got no control over the situation. No control at all. Today we've got three wonderful little boys that keep our lives young. <laughs> keep our lives young. 
It's Caleb's birthday today. Our youngest one, he's two. Celebrated him this, this afternoon. So I, I've shared a bit of a, I shared a story of, of, a, of a, an event where I surrendered. But I've learned in this life, and I think many of you know this, that surrender, surrender is not a one-time event. It's a daily thing that you need to do. You need to surrender to Christ on a daily basis in order to be able to experience the fullness of Christ. You need to be able to surrender on a daily basis to Christ. And I have discovered that God can do way more with my surrender than He can do my control. I have discovered that God can do way more with my surrender than He can my control. I don't always have the power to be able to control, but I always have the power to surrender. That moment in the hospital, I surrendered my life and everything about my life to Christ. I'd done that from before, but I truly, truly had a life lesson that I, that I never thought I would go through of utter surrender. And I realized I can't do this life without Christ. This is why Christelle and myself love you so much because we want to see your lives lived to the fullest, to discover meaning, to discover purpose, to discover what it means to live your best life in Christ. And we will be here with you, walk this journey until we go to heaven one day. I feel like this is our life's calling to be here, to be in this church, to be with you. You are you bring meaning to our lives. We want to thank you guys for being with us. And we are, we are so grateful for all the many lives that are here and the many lives that will be joining us in this wonderful congregation. Real faith starts between the if and the yet. Real faith starts between the if and the yet. You don't always have the power to control, but you always have the power to surrender. Let's close our eyes. Father, we thank you right now as we celebrate your great resurrection. Would you invade our hearts with a peace that goes beyond our human ability to understand? I pray, Father, right now we might be at a place of grieving, Lord, of loss of time with family members and friends, Lord. Or we might be going through a time of grieving, Lord, and with uncertainty in our hearts of what lays before. We might be going through a time, Lord, right now we have no answers to the, to the questions we have of our relationships, of our jobs, of our finances, of our marriage. I want to ask, Father, that you will, in our hearts, Lord, bring about a conviction. Bring about a conviction, Lord, in our hearts of anything, Lord, that we have yet not surrendered to you, which we haven't laid before the altar and said, Father, I commit this to you. I surrender it to you. I lay it before you. And Father, it's not possible to do anything about it except by laying it down before you, Lord. I commit it into your hands, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I feel like surrender is about 50 centimeters long. 
It's the distance between your knees and the floor. Many of us want to stand strong and say, no, we can do it. It's not possible, Father. I can take care of this. Don't worry, I've got it. But I believe that surrender is 50 centimeters long for most of us. For me, it might be 48. Some of you, it might be close to 60. But I really believe that surrender is between your knees and the ground. And wherever you are right now, I want you to join me right now in a place of submission and surrender. If you want to go on your, on your knees, that's fine. If you want to, if you want to raise your hands in, a, in, a, in, a, in an act of submission and of surrender to the Lord, I want to encourage you to do that right now. And let's just pray together as a church, Father. Lord Jesus, I surrender my life to you. I bring everything about me to you. I surrender my finances. I surrender my relationships. I surrender my children. I surrender my job. I surrender all the things, Father, that I am trying to take control of. I surrender to you right now. I surrender, Father. As Jesus, you surrendered. You were able to take control of the situation. But you knew that you needed to surrender in order for all of us to be in a relationship with the Father. And for us to be able to inherit eternal life one day. I thank you, Jesus, for the ultimate act of surrender. To lay yourself on the cross for us. You were a human just as we are. You felt the same pain. You experienced the same emotions. I thank you, Jesus, for showing us the example of what it means to surrender your life. I thank you, Jesus. I praise you, Father. I worship you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Church, whatever is it right now that you feel like you're struggling to surrender, you feel like there's just this, there's this war, there's this tug of war in your soul around a certain topic, I want you to, to bring it before the Lord. Say, Father, I bring you my whatever it is. I bring you my, bring it before the Lord right now. And say, Jesus, help me. Help me surrender in the way that you surrendered. Show me the areas in my life where I'm trying to hold the reins of my life. Hold them tight. Pray, Lord, that you will show us how to release, what to release. Thank you, Jesus.